Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Deadline day is done, but I'll tell you one man that doesn't stop. Fabrizio Romano joins the show on Kegolasso as we discuss all the action on the final day of the transfer window and, of course, the remainder of January. So much to discuss, including Aubameyang to Barcelona, the business done in the Premier League, including Newcastle, Tottenham, Everton, and so much more. Fabrizio Romano recapping deadline day. Kegolasso begins right now. Welcome to Kegolasso. I'm here. I haven't gone. I know Jimmy and Heath have kind of taken over the World Cup qualifying window, but I promise we will be back to your regular programming. So this is just a little dose of some fabulous Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how are you? Are you eating? Are you sleeping? How are I'm you, sleeping, my friend? No. I'm sleeping, no, but all good, all good, my friend. I think I had like six or seven hours in three days but uh, i will i will come back soon <laughs> sleeping because i need it but you good, need to do it yes you yes, need yes, to yes. do it my friend you need all to good, do it but listen good. fab uh amazing work as always uh you, so you. proud to call you my friend and my colleague we're all very happy to see you here and you. uh what a window how uh, incredible stuff incredible incredible window as always in January, it's really so slow and so quiet in the first two or three weeks. And then in the final one, many things are happening. So exactly kind of window I was expecting with some surprises uh, also on deadline day. So it's been very good, I think, um, maybe in some, for some clubs with some surprises. And so I've really appreciated this, this window, to be honest. Absolutely. And the work continues, of course. Make sure that you follow Fabrizio Romano on Twitter and Instagram throughout, not just the window, but the entire remainder of the season. And by the way, we are nearly there to 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you so much. We're going to get to 10,000. I promise you that. So thank you very much. Que pod on Twitter. And of course, anywhere you listen to your pods on audio. Right then, Fab, you mentioned how incredible this transfer window was. We always talk about January transfer window as an opportunity for clubs to kind of heal and deepen their squads as they look to you know, finish the season. But there were many uh, acquisitions, Fabrizio Romano, that were not just there to acquire in order to deepen the squad, but really to transform the club in itself. And we're going to get into it, of course. But let's begin, uh, first of all, with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for a second. Okay, Um Kind of a surprising move in many ways. Obviously, so much uh, turmoil within his exit to of Arsenal. Of course, we're going to talk about Arsenal later on. I promise. But Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was he the most surprising, uh, you know, move decision going to Barcelona, so to speak? Was he was, was he the one to you that spoke the most? Yes, about that day. Yes, to be honest, uh, for of sure, for the situation of the Obama Young was strange. We have to say because he was out of the team of Arsenal since a long time, so we were expecting something to happen, but not to, to Barcelona till last week, for example. Then they decided to jump into it in the last two or three days, 
and they decided to go serious on Obama Young on deadline day. has been a really crazy deal because the player arrived in Barcelona in the morning uh, with Arsenal. They were not expecting him to be in Barcelona, so they were really surprised to see Pierre in, in, in Spain. Then what happened? That during the afternoon, the deal completely changed it because it was getting easy in the morning, but then during the afternoon, Arsenal called people into the deal, called people close to Obama Young and told them that they were not intentioned to put any money into this deal, so not collaborating on the salary, not accepting any loan move or this kind of things, only with Obama Young out. This is the only thing they wanted in this story. So this is why Barcelona uh, were really worried about this story, knowing that the salary of Obama Young is a really big one. And this is how the deal changed it. They started to negotiate with the player to change the salary. His salary will be around 2.5 million euros net till the end of the season and then bigger in the coming season. But they were really in a race against time to do this deal for, for Obama Young. But yeah, it was completed. So we are waiting for the official statement, but he was already training with the team. And so Obama Young joins Barcelona. Pretty unbelievable, of course. And there's some tidbits, as you mentioned, including the money and how he's reducing his own wages in order, um, you know, to to make sure that this fits in. But, you know, uh, Barcelona also have to admit one of their four January signings, Ferran Torres, uh, Abami, including Adama Traore or Dani Alves from the Europa League squad due to UEFA rules, you know, about the additions to squad registration in the winter window. That's per Adam Crafton. Um, of the athletic let's talk about these comments from la porta here fab that you were reporting on as well i believe uh, our good producer des norris will have it on the screen but you know he had some comments as well about usmane dembele you know basically saying look we think dembele has an agreement in place with another club uh he didn't want to leave the club in january it's really difficult to understand his position you know makes no uh, you know, situation easier for him, of course. Uh, and this has just been such a contention situation. What's the latest on Dembélé, Laporta and Barcelona? Yes, I think that uh, Barcelona were trying in every way to find a solution for Dembélé. They were offering the player uh, around Europe to English clubs, to French clubs. They had a conversation with PSG. They had conversation with English clubs to find a solution. But then everything collapsed. Everything collapsed because the player was not interested in a January move. As we always said, we had a lot of rumors about Tottenham in the final hours of the window, but Tottenham were not planning to send Dembélé. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, they had a conversation on Sunday night with Barcelona for a potential swap deal, but it was never close. Also because we had rumors about Mauro Icardi, but Icardi was not planning to leave. Uh, Man United never made any official bid for Dembélé and they were not looking for a winger. So no one was prepared to pay that money because for Dembélé you have to pay big money for the... Uh, signing bonus and also for the salary. Many things are involved into the Dembélé story. And so he was never close to leave Barcelona in January. This is why I feel that then Juan Laporta is saying we believe that he already has an agreement in place with another club because he's not interested in joining any club. And these clubs were not like pushing and pushing and pushing to sign Dembélé. So it was a really strange situation. The player is now out of the plans of Xavi. Let's see if they will decide for something permanent, like uh, bringing him back in the team or, or maybe keeping him out of Barcelona team till the end of the season. They need a solution as soon as possible. They will have a conversation about it. But for sure, the situation is, is crazy. We're talking about a top player, top, top player that is out of the team and is not intentioned of joining any club in Europe in January. Was not intentioned because in the summer, he will be a free agent and at that point. The move for Dembélé is 100% sure. I wonder, Fab, if Ousmane Dembélé needs uh, new representation. I, I don't know anything about his relationship with agents, and obviously we have to be very, you know, uh, 
careful about it because we don't know the details, but it sounds to me that there was just a, a broken relationship between the bridge of his representation and Barcelona. It sounds like, like to your point, Dembélé didn't, and Laporta, he didn't want to leave Barcelona, but obviously he wants uh, the contract that he thinks is owed to him. There was already an offer at the table. Dembélé's people were not doing anything for a long time. Like It just seems like there's a broken relationship there somewhere. Yes, yes, this could be a point. Uh, I always try to watch things in football and in transfer market also on the agent's point of view. If I am the agent mm. of a top player and the president of Barcelona is saying in an interview that he's better than Mbappé, you have to pay an important salary. <laughs> because if you if you think I'm, I'm better than Kylian Mbappé, you have to pay for it. Uh, and Show so this it, is part right. of a strategy, you know. So I always try to see all the points. And I always say, remember that agents many times are protecting their clients, but it's always the player who decides. Always. We had a similar situation with Donnarumma and AC Milan here in Italy last year. And many people were going against Raiola. But it's always the player, the one who decides. Because if tomorrow morning Dembele wants to sign the contract with Barcelona, 100%, he calls his agent and he says, OK, we are going to sign the contract today afternoon. So it's always the player who decides. And many times the agents are protecting the decision of the player. And this is why they're paid for. So what they're paid for. So um, it depends. It depends on many factors. But I'm sure that also Dembele is deciding together with his agent. It's not only his agent going against Barcelona. If he's not signing, it's because he's also Osman Dembele is not happy with the proposal. A perfect example is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, of course, uh, willing to do anything to to join Barca. Uh, A very good point there. All right, let's leave Barcelona, the telenovela that is Barcelona, and let's go to the Premier League because obviously some leagues, uh, the transfer window continues, but in the Premier League, it's done in January. I wanted to focus, we're going to talk a little bit uh, in depth about some clubs in the Premier League. Let's uh, let's focus on a few here. Everton, Newcastle, Tottenham. All three clubs with specific different targets. Let's begin with Newcastle here, Fabrizio. The richest club in the world, Saudi Arabian takeover. I feel like they had two objectives, right? Um, return to glory, so to speak. But really, the most immediate one is stay in the Premier League. How do you think they did? I mean, so much business uh, this January. I think it was a very, very good window for for Newcastle. Not fantastic, not amazing, but very good, we can say, because they signed experienced player like Hood, like Trippier, that they needed, because this kind of situation with the table, you need this kind of players. So... In my opinion, was very good on this point. They signed one of the best midfielders in the world because Bruno Guimaraes is a player who can play a Champions League final with no problem. Amen. And so when, when you sign this player and you're Newcastle, you are showing your ambition and you are doing something for the present and the future. So I can see Bruno Guimaraes staying for five years with no problem at Newcastle. So congrats to them because Arsenal, Juventus, many clubs were interested in signing him in the summer, but they've been really fast and so it was not an easy negotiation. Uh, the only Thing they missed, in my opinion, is something creative in attacking positions. They wanted Jesse Lingard. They were thinking of many players in that position, Hugo Kitike from Reims. They were trying to negotiate till last minute. But they missed it on, on that one. And I think this kind of players is something you need if you want to avoid relegation. But I would say very good window for Newcastle, to be honest. Well, we will see how it all works out as they need to get out of the relegation zone. That's their most important thing. All right, let's talk about Everton. Fabrizio Romano. I mean, players aside, Frank Lampard is the new manager, clearly with a vision and a target. How do you think they did? I think they did um, very good thanks to Lampard because uh, Frank Lampard signed the contract and immediately after 
he called Donny van de Beek. He was going to Crystal Palace. It was really close with Crystal Palace. But then he called Donny van de Beek and he changed this deal. He was very convincing also with Dele Alli deal with, with Tottenham. So in my opinion, two very good signings. They didn't have the time to do other things because they were also thinking of a potential of a potential centre-back. For example, Diallo of Paris Saint-Germain was a player they wanted to sign, but there was no time to do it uh, on deadline day. So time was not helping them. Uh, as we said here when they appointed him, the situation with Benitez uh, was influencing and affecting the situation on the market for, for Everton. I think they sold in to sign Mikolenko uh, for, for Rafa Benitez and now you have another manager, you know. So this is why changing the manager during the market in January, there's a really fast market, quick market is, is always a problem. But I think a good one with Lampard and I'm sure that his impact with Van de Beek and with Dele Alli will be more than important. Two important midfielders that were needing to work with a manager who was a top midfielder. So now they will have a big chance and there's a big chance also for Everton to restart their, their process. From Everton's process to Tottenham's with Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici, some magic there as uh, they brought in some Juventus connections. How do you think Tottenham did? I'm not 100% convinced, to be honest, of, of Tottenham <laughs> window. If you want my honest opinion, then uh, I have a lot of respect for, for both. I'm big Conte lover. I respect how Fabio Paratici works. But I think they had many problems with the outgoings. Then mm. on the outgoings, they've been fantastic in the last 48 hours. But they had a lot of problems with the outgoings in the 30 days of the window because they completed all the outgoings on the deadline day. So Brian Hill, Nombele, Dele Alli, uh, was not easy for them to find solutions for these players. And this is why they were a bit slow on new signings because they were needing to resolve the situation with the outgoings. I think Kuluseski is a very good signing, very good player. He was needing something fresh, something new, and working with Antonio Conte will help him. So very good signing for uh, for, for Tottenham. I'm not a big fan of Bentancur, to be honest. So this is why I'm curious to see if Antonio will be able to change him uh, because I see him as a perfect player for La Liga, La Liga style more than Premier League style. But maybe he will prove me wrong. So let's see. I'm sure, I'm sure that Antonio, if he wanted him, is because he's prepared to, to change also the mentality of this boy. And so I think a good window, but nothing special. I think something very good for Tottenham will happen in the summer. Let's hope that uh, Conte gets the best out of Bentancur from a Uruguayan perspective as opposed to a Juventus one, because when he puts on that Uruguayan shirt, I think he becomes a little bit more useful. Sure. But to your point, we'll see what happens specifically the demands of the Premier League. All right, listen, we're going to do some winners and losers now. Fabrizio Romano. Nobody knows this better than you, my friend. So let's talk about some winners and losers. And I want to listen, when we were doing this uh, schedule with you, Fab, Des yes. and I, our producer, we were talking about certain teams and who did well, who didn't. Of course, there's some great winners and some questionable decisions from other clubs. I immediately thought of Arsenal. Fabrizio Romano, and questioned their January because I see a lot of exits, a lot of outgoings, but the incomings to me are not really doing anything to facilitate the remainder of the season for Mikel Arteta. What did you make of Arsenal's January transfer window, specifically because you were reporting on players that they wanted but they didn't get? So what did you make of Arsenal? Yes, um, to be honest, it was not an exciting window for Arsenal, and I agree with you. If we say losers, it's not a beautiful word, but this is the reality. <laughs> I would say Arsenal were not uh, were not doing anything special in this window. 
it will help. I'm sure that this window, we will appreciate this window in the summer because they saved a lot of salaries of players like Michael Knights, Chambers, Pablo Marie. They were out of the project and so they wanted to save some salaries and then spend some money in the summer. They wanted to spend some money in January because they were looking for a midfielder. But Artur, they were not accepting an 18-month loan, but only a six-month loan. And this is why the deal collapsed with Juventus. Uh, Douglas Lewis, they wanted him, but Aston Villa were asking for 30, 35 million euros. And they were not prepared to spend that money for him. So they prefer to wait. And I'm sure that maybe we can be able to appreciate this window in the summer. But for sure, to give a value to this window was not exciting for Arsenal. And I agree with you. And same happened for AC Milan in Italy. I would include them in the same, uh, in the same category for this, for this winter. Uh, AC Milan were looking for a player, uh, for a new player in the defense. So they were needing a centre-back. They were trying for Botman. Then they decided to save some money and to spend money in the summer. Renato Sanchez and Botman will be two players in the list of AC Milan for the summer. I'm 100% sure. Let's go back to Arsenal for a second. What do you make of, uh, obviously, this being a, a US-based podcast, what do you make of uh, Matt Turner, of course, the current starting goalkeeper for the USMNT, and Austin Trusty as well, an interesting one as well. What, what's the strategy behind that? Yes, there are signings for the future. I think interesting ones. Of course, they will need time to, to adapt to a new football, but Matt Turner will join because Ben Leno will 100% leave Arsenal in the summer and so they have already his replacement traded so the player is super excited and super happy so it will be a good opportunity for for him to join to join Arsenal for Trusty he will need some time to adapt of course Premier League football is is completely different from from MLS and so he will need some time but they wanted to prepare something for the future and so I think is part of an interesting strategy but we have to prove Arsenal on the market next summer in the summer because they will need to show something important and I can say that they want to sign an important striker in the summer. So I see Arsenal going big in the market in the summer for a striker. Yeah, I hear you say the summer, the summer, but if Arsenal don't get uh, Champions League football and maybe even European spots this season, then, you know, the summer better be aggressive because I don't think Arsenal fans will be very happy, especially since Stan Kroenke's LA Rams are in the Super Bowl and there's a lot more attention there as opposed to what's happening at the Emirates Stadium. Hey, listen, let's talk about uh, for a second, you mentioned AC Milan. I kind of wanted to go to, to Serie A, Juventus. I mean, Dusan Vlahovic. Is Juventus back, Fabrizio Romano? Is this, is this, a, this is a massive statement, a massive one. And once again, another steal. Juventus yet again takes a player from Fiorentina. What do you make of that? Yes, top signing, top signing. This is a fantastic statement from Juventus. It's a message to the Serie A and to European football. We are back. I think this is the message because you are signing one of the best strikers in the world, not just in Serie A. Uh, they did it in a perfect way with a strategy, top, top, top secret. So they were really good in waiting and waiting for the right moment. Then when they understood that the player was not accepting proposals for Premier League, as we always say, and then Fiorentina were prepared to sell the player in January to Juventus, they decided to jump into it. They did a masterpiece, in my opinion, to sign Dusan Vlaovic. And so, really, congrats to Juventus because, in my opinion, they did great with Vlaovic and also with Denis Zakaria because they were needing this kind of midfielder. They were terrible in the midfield in the first part of the season. A lot of problems, slow players. They were not aggressive. So they were needing this kind of player and they have gone for Zakaria, who was in the list of Bayern English clubs. Uh, many and many clubs wanted him for the summer as a free agent. They decided to pay immediately 5 million euros plus loans for Denis Zakaria. And so I think Vlaovic and Zakaria are two top kind of summer signings, not of January signings. And so congrats to Juventus because they will do great with these two players, I'm sure. The the best move by any club in Europe? 
Luis Diaz to Liverpool, in my opinion. Mm, Woo, baby. Has been fantastic move. Fantastic what a bargain, move. huh? For Luis Diaz to Liverpool. He's worth way yes. more than that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. They've been fast and smart because when they saw Tottenham jumping into this deal in an important way, offering 35 million euros plus add-ons, they were preparing a second proposal to convince Porto. In 24 hours, they did everything for Luis Diaz. They've been yeah. super fast, super smart. Jurgen Klopp was pushing to have this boy immediately and not to lose this boy because Tottenham were really close and pushing to, to, to have Luis Diaz. And so congrats to Liverpool because the strategy was perfect and they signed an incredible player. He's joining immediately. But as you said, they pay 40 million plus important add-ons. But I'm sure that if you wanted to sign this boy in the summer, the price was around maybe 70, 80 million. 100%. An absolute acquisition from Liverpool. Can't wait to see him in the Premier League. But by the way, you know who kept him quiet a few days ago, Fabrizio Romano? Peru's Aldo Corso, who's only worth about $400,000. So, you know, if you want to keep uh, uh, Luis Diaz quiet, just bring a Peruvian right back uh, to the Premier League and see what happens there. Hey, listen, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to just quickly go back to Newcastle. Very quick question for you. Do you think Newcastle will stay up because of those additions? I think they have very good chances. Yes, I can say 100%, but I think they have very good chances to stay up because, as I said, they think it's been a very good, good, very good window. They were going completely with the ideas of Eddie Howe, and this is important when you are supporting the manager. So he wanted this kind of players. He wanted Bruno Guimaraes at all costs and they signed him. So, as I said, only missing something creative in the attacking positions, but I think a very good window, and so they have very good chances to continue in the Premier League and to do a very important summer, because if they will be in the Premier League uh, next season, summer is going to be exciting for Newcastle. Absolutely. We're here with Fabrizio Romano. We're nearly done. We're going to talk about summer 2022 in a second. But I can't, I know uh, Des is going to get angry at me, but come on, we got to talk about Villa's uh, January. It was pretty damn good, I think. Uh, additions and uh, clearly upgrades in every single position. Yes, no, fantastic, fantastic window. And I love the tweet they did yesterday during deadline day while many clubs were trying to sign players, sell players everywhere. And they tweeted around 6 p.m. like saying, thanks, we are done. Fantastic, fantastic graphic like saying, we did it. We don't need any panic buy in the last minute. So this was a statement of a serious club. You know, I see a very serious club when I see Aston Villa. The clear ideas, Lucas Ding was a fantastic left back. Uh, Felipe Coutinho, of course, the star of this market. They were keeping Douglas Lewis. So I see a strategy. When I see strategy, you're always right. Then the strategy, let's see where it will bring Aston Villa. There is the tweet and it's really amazing. Look at that graphic. It's beautiful, huh? Absolutely. Remember what Steven Gerrard said in December. He said, we're not going to buy players in January for the sake of it. This is not going to be some kind of gut reaction. We're going to try and get a player. If we don't get him, we don't get him. But every single player that arrived in January is an upgrade of what was already there. That, to me, is a win. Yes, his strategy. His strategy, and I love how they're working. So, congrats to Aston Villa. Also, Chambers is a very good signing, in my opinion. He's a boy that will be amazing for free, basically, Fabrizio Romano. Exactly, exactly. It was a top secret signing. So, I (laughs) I know it came out of nowhere. Like the Nings, yes, exactly. So they're very good. They're very, very good. So congrats to Aston Villa and congrats because all the players we can say in this pick, they are loving to work with Steve Gerrard. So the atmosphere is really beautiful. And when it happens in football, it's always amazing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I love it. I love it, my friend. All right, listen, let's finish up here, Fabrizio Romano. You need some sleep. You need some food so you can keep going. We need you nice and healthy for the remainder of the season. But let's talk about the summer of 2022. I can't let you go, Fab, without, you know, talking about this report from Build and obviously PSG are denying it, but apparently Mbappé, you know, is uh, pretty much set to go to Real Madrid. Oh, to be honest, all the sources that I've asked Real Madrid side, PSG side, Mbappé side are denying uh, that he's done, that he's signed. Then that Real Madrid are working to sign Kylian Mbappé, 100% true. They are working for Mbappé, they want to sign Mbappé, and they are leading every single possible race in the world to sign Kylian Mbappé. So 100% Real Madrid are in the process to sign Kylian Mbappé, but they have not signed Kylian Mbappé yet. This is what I'm told. Uh, I think I respect Build, of course, so for sure they have their information. But at the same point, I'm told that we are not at this stage of the, of the negotiation. We are never going to have a public confirmation because of the Champions League clash they have. So, of course, they will respect Paris Saint-Germain. But at the same point, I'm told that there is still something to do before signing the contracts. So they are in the process. There are very good chances to see Kylian Mbappé and Real Madrid, but we are not yet at the final stages, at the signing stages. Which is what you've been saying all along, specifically Mbappé's respect for PSG as they look to face Real Madrid in the Champions League. We haven't talked about Manchester United at all, but very quickly, um, Edward, he's done. Uh, he's gone. So what's next for Manchester United? What's the plan here? The plan is to find a new manager. The priority is to find a new manager and they were working to it in March, in April. They will start concrete conversation into the board to decide also together with Ralf Ragnick because Ragnick will be a consultant of the board starting from next season and this is why they want to involve him into the decision of the new manager. This is why they were not putting any buy option clause in the deals they did. Amadiallo, Martial and also Donny van de Beek, no buy options included. Stride loans because they want these players to have a final check with the new manager they will have in the summer. So the priority is now on the manager. They will work on the manager. This is why they were not signing any player. They don't, didn't want to spend any money on players that maybe are not uh, fit with the new manager the future manager they will have and so I think it was a good strategy but it's going to be important to see who will be the new face the new man for my United because it will be the key decision to understand about the project the world project yeah I'm very intrigued to see what happens there a few more points obviously once again we're a US-based podcast we talked a lot you did it last week about Brendan Aronson and how Leeds absolutely love him but to our presumption RB Salzburg obviously you want to see how they do in Europe, et cetera, before they make any kind of decision. What's the latest there? Uh, is that why it fell through? RB Salzburg really just want to focus on the season with uh, their American? 
Yes, they wanted to keep him at all costs. So it's true that Leeds, as we said here many times, they were pushing and pushing to have Aronson, but at the same point, uh, from, from Salzburg was not even a topic. They didn't want to sell him in the final days of the window. They wanted to keep him. And I'm sure that in the summer he will have an opportunity to leave because many clubs will jump into it. Leeds, and not only Leeds. We had rumors about AC Milan, but I'm told that at the moment he's just a player they're following, but it's not a priority for AC Milan. So many clubs will jump into it. Leeds will be in the race, but... Salzburg wanted to keep this boy and so we wish him all the best for the European football he's going to play and then to see what happens in the summer. Yeah, so to that point, the USMNT losing to Canada. They have a massive game against Honduras. There are other American players. I'm wondering, Fab, the last question, any other Americans to keep tabs on and maybe some that were perhaps going to leave in January, but it didn't happen? Is there any American that's, that's, that's creeping in in the transfer window rumor mill? Oh, there is a, there, there was a possibility for uh, Gabriel Lonina to leave uh, in uh, in January in the January windows. Lonina was in the list of a Premier League club, uh, but then the deal was not uh, was not completed in the final hours of the window. But I'm sure that he will be one to watch in the summer because this goalkeeper is very special. Many clubs in Europe, not just in Premier League but also in other countries, are keeping tabs on him. And so, so Lonina is my name for the coming months for uh, for European clubs. To, to sign him from the from the MLS because I'm sure that he's super, super appreciated. And so Zlonina is one to, to keep an eye on. Is Miles Robinson one as well that maybe we should be looking at as well? I mean, he's a yes, very important be. player for the USMNT. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Could be also him, could be another name. I'm sure that will be a lot of business. I see that this, this winter we had a lot of, of deals from the MLS to Europe. Mm. I'm super happy because I see that European clubs are trusting American players, are spending their money on American players. And so I'm sure that the process will continue also with Robinson and with other players, 100%. I'm very surprised Tati Castellanos uh, is still to this point with NYCFC, a very important player in MLS yes. and for NYCFC. So uh, maybe uh, some tricklings in from another league, but got to keep our eyes on that. Fabrizio Romano, always good to have you before we say goodbye. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that we should be thinking about? We touched many points, but maybe Jesse Lingard is one to watch in the coming weeks because he wanted to leave to go to Newcastle or West Ham. Man United decided to keep him also because of Greenwood's story. So they decided to keep the player at the club because they were needing Lingard as a player to, for the second part of the season, as an important player for the second part of the season. But at the same point, I'm sure that Lingard wants to leave as free agent in the summer. And so in the long list of free agents, we have to add also Jesse Lingard. That will be one to watch in the coming weeks. There are no one out there in the planet better than Fabrizio Romano. I am so thankful that you're part of our family, my friend. Make sure that you take care of yourself. Fabrizio Romano on Twitter, on Instagram. He's got all his content on CBS Sports. Here we go, podcast as well. So much to cover and report. Fab, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. As always, thanks to all our listeners and see you soon with many other updates because Transfer Market is always here. Don't worry. 100%. Que golazo pod on Twitter. Fabricio Romano on Twitter. LMA Chegaray. We're also on YouTube. Help us get closer to 9,000 and 10,000 subscribers as well. We are here every single workday with much more news, including transfer information, previous recaps, and so much more. Jimmy and Heath will continue with our World Cup qualifying uh, previews and recaps for the USMNT. And after that, it's back to normal. Have a great, great beginning to your week, and we will see you next time. Till then.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.